When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. It's a Monday afternoon and I'm delighted to be joined by James McKenzie. James, you have been sunning it up um, in far brighter climes than the freezing cold that I was faced with this morning at Celtic Park. Um, although it gave a right good atmosphere this morning. Um, how's your holiday been? Glad to be back talking all things Celtic, James. Yeah, it was good to uh, caught. Two one Derby one just before I jetted off, so the mood was already right for the flight heading over. I was over in Malta for a, a couple of, about a week over the new year. It was just good to get some some nice weather, some warm weather, especially this time of year. I don't mean I spoke about it on the podcast. This can be a tough time of year for many, so just getting an escape, time to relax, escape for the cold. It, it was great fun, but I'm back and I'm still got to wait what, another week for Celtic to play. I didn't get I didn't get a game last week. I was wanting to jump right back into it, but Bucky yeah. Thistle this weekend, right back mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say you're going to have to wait another week for a signing. Um, well, fortunately, <laughs> that's, that's not the case. Uh, today, we are just awaiting the big announcement that Nicolas Kuhn will be signing for Celtic. We know a bit about him, of course. Um, there's a lot of um, chat around him being some kind of a a project, but you don't sign a project at his age. I think that's mainly due to the fact that he was such a hot prospect um, when at Ajax and uh, Bayern Munich that you know he, he still probably carries that tag. Is a bit of a prodigy, a bit of a wonder kid, and all that. But he's not that age of a player, James. And we're talking, um, and Brendan Rodgers has been talking all season about improving the start and loving, and that's key, isn't it? I mean, he's coming in, and we can all have our. Um, look at the player and um, the show reels, etc. One of the most interesting things I've seen this morning um, is from 
uh, X, and I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to give the guy full credit for it because it was a very good breakdown of the player. So check him out. It's John Walker. You can find John. It's the same John- player that I've seen. <laughs> Is that the one you've seen? John Walker underscore 1986. Excellent uh, breakdown of Q. And if you've not seen it, I'll run through some of the uh, the things that stuck out for me. Um, 24 years of age, so same age as Mikey Johnson, James. You can no longer call him a wonder kid, right? Um, he plays on the right wing. He's left-footed. Um, and it's, uh, I think, 3 million quid is the, the fee that we've been seeing all week. Um, and, and the big, of course, the big question is, what does it mean for the rest of the wingers? And that's what we're going to start off by talking uh, about RB Leipzig. He started off as a youth player there uh, and he was he, he cost Ajax 2 million euros uh, when 17 years of age, went to Ajax and again still regarded as a, a kind of youth prospect at that point. But he was really highly rated in terms of Germany's next big thing. Um, again, check this out. John Walker is the man who's done all the research on it. I'm not going to try and nick his, all his hard work. Um, and then he obviously um, moves to Bayern Munich on a free transfer, never broke through. And then he signs, uh, after a short one spell, he signs for about 500,000 uh, euros for Rapid Vienna. And that's where he's played his senior football in the main. Uh, what I found interesting, James, when it was talking about his dribbling, it gives us a 61.7% success rate versus, for example, Palmer, who is 48.8%. Uh, crossing accuracy, 38.1% against Palmer's 234 uh, Creating 29 big chances, Palmer creates or, or has created 57. Um, and the weaknesses, physicality and passing. So um, I think he's one of the guys you look at, James, you think, right, a player who was was full of potential, um, didn't quite make it at the level people expected him to. So he's taken a bit of a, a sidestep, if you like, maybe a backward step to make his name. But what I would say is, isn't that the type of player that Brendan Rodgers thrives on? Someone who's got it in there, but he, he just needs to get it pulled out. And potentially the man management aspect of Brendan can do that. Yeah, I was going to go back to it. still sort of the same squad, but... And Poster Coglu touched it quite a lot when he was building the squad originally. He wanted players who had a point to prove. He brought in yeah. someone like someone like Joe Hart because he'd been written off for a number of years. He needed someone to call home again. Someone like um, Jota, who hadn't really worked out anywhere else. And he finally got his big break at Celtic. And he's finally started playing well. And he's realising that potential. I don't think he's going to do it over in Saudi Arabia. But... He's looking closer at the player that they thought Jota was going to be when he first broke through as a youth player. And now Nicholas Kuhn is looking like the same sort of same sort of situation with Jota where teams like Leipzig, Ajax and Bayern Munich in his early days, but things just didn't really work out. He gets a move to Rapid Vienna and things have started to go well for there. It's working at one team in Greenway, hopefully it can work at another in Scotland. I'm not too sure how the quality transfers over from the Austrian league to the Scottish league. Will his numbers drop to somewhere around Lee's Palmer's level when he comes to Scotland? Who knows? But he's shown some bright qualities. You've mentioned his crossing is one of his strongest attributes, his pace as well. But what you said one of his weaknesses was his physicality. And usually you'd be thinking that could be a bit of a warning sign because in a league like Scotland or even down in England, the emphasis is on the physicality. It's You have to be strong to work. That's the usual cliche that comes along with it. But we've seen the last few years, guys like Kyogo have come in, guys like Maeda have come in, who aren't necessarily the strongest guys, and they've flourished in this league. So yeah. 
I think his lack of physicality might not be as big a problem as many people will make it out to be. Where will he stand in the pecking order? I'm not so sure because I've seen people posting predicted teams. This is what I think the strongest team is. And there's so many teams where I'm seeing guys like Palma and Abada both on the bench. And it's these guys are probably two of our best players. So you're thinking we've got what? Palma, Abada, Maeda and Kuhn all as options. Then you've got guys like James Forrest, Yang, Mikey Johnson all waiting in the wings. That's too many players there. So you're thinking somebody, somebody's going to need to make way eventually we'll have Yang come back he's only 21 so there's plenty of room to improve and as much as he's been pretty inconsistent that's to be expected at someone at that age not everybody can come in and set the world alight so I think you can stick through with Yang for a few more years because I think there is a player in there somewhere so where, yeah. where would could line the pecking order is he better than Palma is he better than Abada is he better than Maeda I think if you're looking at the Celtic wing Dyson Maeda has to start just because of the pace and energy he offers the team. Brendan said on multiple occasions he offers the work of two players. So Maeda has to start. So you're looking at a bench of Palma and a bad if Kuhn comes into the team. If you stick with her Palma, you're looking at a bad and Kuhn on the bench. It's a good depth of options to have there, considering one of the main criticisms we've had over the course of the season has been when you look at the bench, there's no inspiration there. There's no one on the bench who can really come in and, and make the team better. There's no match winners on that bench and now with one signing you could have one or two match winners on the bench so it's adding some good quality options and I hope we see him play this weekend if he's back and ready I think there's no better game from to start off than against Bucky Thistle because a player who has quality has been playing in the Austrian Bundesliga he should be coming in and dominating a game like that so if he can come in and get a goal straight away even considering the opposition, it would still be a massive boost for him. Yeah, it would. Uh, James, does it surprise you that our first signing is a winger? I mean, see, at the moment, and we're waiting for the, the big uh, announcement from Celtic, which we expect to happen this afternoon. When he comes in, in effect, we have nine wingers at this moment in time. Now, I know Rocco Vata, who we'll come back to, um, some might say he's not even a first-team player. Well, he's got first-team experience. Um, he may well be on his way to, to Italy. Um, but if he's included in the discussion, we now have nine. If you if you want to say, well, Vata's on his way out, we've still got eight. And I think that, you know, the, the first point of discussion is, does it surprise you that the winger actually was on a priority list? Um, and then secondly, I guess when I'm looking at that, I, I think, right, who do we need to move on? Because we can't run for the second half of the season with eight. Uh, on the wing. Now, we know that we've had horrendous injury problems this season, and we've seen how it affected us at the back, but also on the wings, but, uh, and also in Hatati's position, where we had to try just about every player that we had in that position before we got a winner. Um, the wingers at, at the moment, there's far too many of them. Um, it's a bloated squad, as we've spoken about um, time and time again on Axon. So firstly, were you surprised that was a first signing? James, secondly, who do you ship out permanently or on loan? Sorry, repeat my mind's just gone completely blank. Can you repeat that again? I'll run through the players. So <laughs> at the moment, I think of the wingers we have, Rocco's halfway out the door. He's gone to Italy. You've got two players, I think, who are for the future, Intilio and Yang. Yang's had more game time, 
but I don't think he's shown enough that he's going to be playing um, 16 games in the second half of the season. So do you put them out on loan? That, I guess that's probably the first one. You've then got guys who have been at Celtic for a, a lengthy period of time. James Forrest, 15 seasons. Mikey Johnston, eight seasons as a first-team player. Mad. What do you do with these guys? And then you move into the players who have been getting most game time. So you have Palmer and Maeda, you've got the new arrival in Kuhn, and you've got, uh, sorry, um, Palmer and Maeda, and you've got Abada, who's barely played due to injury. So what do you do with them all? Because there's no way we can be keeping them. And I think there's probably room, if you include Vata in this, for three of those players, maybe four, to move on. What do you do with them all? Well, I think Rocco Vata is going to leave on a free transfer. I mean, if he was going to stay at Celtic, he would have signed a new contract by now. The fact that things have been dragging out so much suggests that he is on his way out. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over to Serie I think it's Torino that's interested in him over there. You know, there's a couple of good young Irish prospects coming through. There's a young Irish player. Uh, I think it's Juventus, who's around the same age as Rocco Vata. So he could be in Rocco's ear saying this could be Mm. A decent move. I'm, I've come over here and I'm developing quite well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Fata does go over to, to Italy. With people like Marco Tilio and Yang, I don't think we can really do anything with them in this window because they're preoccupied already. They've got the Asian Cup. They could then, depending on what stage the competition their team gets put out, I think they'll be over there. I think Australia and Korea are probably two of the better teams in the competition. So they'll probably be there for a long time. So I don't think we can do anything with them. But when it comes to the summer, one thing I've been liking from this January window is we've been sending players out on loan to Scottish teams. Quan has been sent out on loan to St Mirren. Was it Adam Montgomery might be going out on loan to Motherwell? So there's yeah. a couple of players there that would send out on loan to Scottish teams. I'd like us to do the same with um, with Marco Tilio. Um, I'd like to see, he needs game time, realistically. He needs game time. Same with Yang. And as you mentioned, we've got far too many wingers Mm-hmm. Like Mikey Johnson, I've said on the podcast multiple times, I think the English Championship will probably be his level. I mean, he's performing too good for the Republic of Ireland national team. He's impressing whenever he plays. I've seen if I'm scoring on Twitter and Republic of Ireland are playing, I'll see neutrals who aren't Celtic fans commenting, this Mikey Johnson guy looks quite good. Where's where's he been? So <laughs> we are, we've been wondering the same thing for a good few years. But mm-hmm. I think he'll be off in the summer, most likely. So that leaves us with um, Abada, Palmer, Maeda and Kuhn, who you think, unless something happens with Abada, there's been some reports that aren't reports in the media coming out. It's He is in a tough situation, so I wouldn't be surprised if Abada maybe moved on in the summer. You'd imagine there would be pressure from back home for him to move on. So I wouldn't be surprised if he moved on. But if you can keep those four players... That is some great quality to have in the wings. Each player there, you can see being a difference maker. I might be jumping the gun a bit on Kuhn, but with the three players that we know 100% about, you mm-hmm. know that they can be game changers. So if you can keep them around, then you're well set up in the wide areas for the next season. Yeah, you absolutely are. And um, I think the way I would play it, James, is, um, and, and we'll have a wee look at the, the Asian Cup. We've got quite a few players out at the moment, playing in the tournament is, um, I, I do see Tilio and Yang as uh, players for the future and I would be loaning them out. I'll come back to your point about loaning out to Scottish teams because I think that's a great move. Um, when it comes to Johnson and Forrest, I would I would, um, I would, would cut Johnson free 
I think it's time for him to move on. Uh, if you can get a fee for him, brilliant. I don't think it would be a, a fortune. But um, I think you move him on. James E. Forrest is going to be kicking around until he retires, I think. Um, I said that before. He's going to be utilised by Brendan Rodgers. Not regularly, but he's there. And I think he's an important part. And, and by the way, this isn't me saying, oh, he's good in the dressing room, you know, because... You've got the, the famous sketch uh, stroke meme for Roy Keane going on about being good in the dressing room. It's not about being good in terms of your character and your personality. It's more about the leadership and the experience. And particularly when there's such an influx of new players coming from all over. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All over the globe, really, at Celtic Park, you need, I think, a nucleus, a core group of players who understand what this football club is, what it means, and, and what levels of success have to be attained, not just year on year, but day on day, 24-7, you're a Celtic player. I think James E. Forrest is important from that perspective. Um, and then you go in, as you say, to the, the top four, which is uh, Palma, Meda, Abada, and our new arrival. I'm going to say, in relation to Abada, he's going, we're going to lose him. We're going to lose Abada. And it comes down to the fact that he is going to continually get pressured um, from elsewhere, be that his national team boss, other international teammates, the press, and as you family members even. He's going to continually get um, pressurised into leaving Celtic whilst the situation continues. And it will continue um, because, James, it's been omnipresent in my lifetime and I'm 45. That situation is not going to disappear. It's, you know, where are... Um, high-ranking politicians, where, where are they coming out asking for a ceasefire? It's not happening, and it's not going to happen because of the world in which we live. So this situation is not going to improve for Abada. So if you want to take out the, the you know, that any kind of thought process politically for a second and say, is the player happy? Well, the answer is no. You know? And if a player is unhappy, then he, he can't be at the club. He really can't because he'll never be able to focus on being the best version of himself as a football player, James. And I think I was really excited when Brendan Rodgers took over at Celtic because, you know, going back to what we said about our new arrival, Kuhn, the fact that, you know, he loves not, not a lost cause as such, but someone who has something to prove. And you, you quite rightly mentioned a couple of examples uh, that Ange worked alongside. And I think you could probably throw Kata Vickers into that mix as well. Someone who kind of failed at his parent club to make it. And he was getting, you know, loaned out. What, what were we, his eighth loan club, something like that? There was just it's every incredible. single season. It was, and there was sometimes a loan would get cut short in the December and they'd go back out in the January. So that's two loans, two different environments. 
it's how does a player get settled? Because that's that's a big part of football. It's being able to call yeah. a place home, having some familiar surroundings. When you're getting transported to different clubs, some abroad, some not every single season, it's especially for players that young, it can throw them off. And I want yeah. to touch on a body. I've got to remember he's what 22, 23. He's, 22. he's got a lot of pressure coming from back home, calling him a national disgrace. You're shaming your nation by staying at this club. But he knows, oh, I've enjoyed it in Glasgow for my last few years. I'm making some decent money. I've had some great moments, scored some great goals, playing European football. The amount of pressure that's going to be on his shoulders, and he's only, what, two, three years older than me, it's absolutely, it's crazy the amount of pressure that's on his shoulders. So I wouldn't be surprised if a move to the Premier League happens. I know he's had troubles with injuries, but we can't forget how good a player he actually is. There was Premier League interest at a point. I think Crystal Palace were linked for a good few weeks, and if if they don't get relegated this season, I could see them coming back in for a bad in the summer. Yeah, and I, listen, I'd be gutted because I do think there's so much more to see from this player, and I was excited when Brendan came in for that very fact. I thought he could tap into it. It's not happened due to injury, and now we find ourselves in this scenario. So it will be a big loss for Celtic, I think, and um, I, I would be... I'd love to be proven wrong on this, but uh, certainly by this uh, by next season, I don't think Abada will be a Celtic player, and that's that's really unfortunate. Um, we have started bringing bodies in the door, which is great, but almost as important at the moment to to uh, make things happen. We're moving people on, and um, I want to break this one down as well because you mentioned earlier about loaning to Scot Scottish teams, and on a Celtic state of mind, we've said it time and time again. I know it's not always going to be the case uh, for a number of reasons. You might get a scenario where you just can't find a fit. Um, I don't think wages are an issue at a club like Celtic with, with regards to whoever is loaning the player because there is a rule that the the loaning club has to pay something, but there has been um, occasions in the past where that has been £1 towards the wage of the player just to get the deal done. Uh, so I don't think that will be an issue as such. And um, we also have the arrangement with Admira Waka. I like having kind of nursery clubs where if you're able to put over a batch of players in one go, um, I think what's also important is you need to have someone over there liaising, um, engaging, looking after them. Um, and we did that before when uh, Willie McStay went over to Hungary, but he only got one player from us. He was expecting a lot more than that. Uh, Ujpes Dosha he went to. Um, so I, I can see that working. But largely, if there's an opportunity to get your players in at a Scottish club, I think there's so many more benefits because, you know, there, there, there are pros and cons. All these young guys, James, that are going over to Italy from Scotland, right? Part of the fact that they're so good and so sought after is, is due to them playing in Italy, right? So the Aaron Hickey that, that Brentford bought wasn't the Aaron Hickey that left Hearts, right? So the development of that player going over to Italy is absolutely key. It's the same with Doig, um, Ferguson. These guys have had to make the move to develop into the players. So I get that, you know, moving somewhere else into another environment can benefit players. But I think the examples of Liam Scales, Ryan Christie and Chris Ayer, going to a fellow Premiership club, whereby you get plenty of games under your belt, you know the tempo, you know the culture of the game, um, but also you can damage our opponents. And I think that's key. You know, and, and uh, obviously Quan has got, gone to St Mirren, so they're delighted because they've got a £1 million player. 
James. Will we ever see him coming back and wearing a Celtic strip? I'm not too sure. But the second one, as you quite rightly said, Adam Montgomery. So he went to Fleetwood under Bruni. Uh, but since uh, he went down there, he's actually played under three different managers. Scott Brown, Lee Johnson, Charlie Adam. So I think that there was an unsettling uh, period there for the for uh, uh, Montgomery. But when we recalled him, I wasn't sure if it was because we weren't able to move on Burnaby and we needed cover in that area. But it seems as though we've, we've, recovered, we've recalled him so we can put him out to either Dundee, St. Johnson or Motherwell. Um, but I think the benefits far outweigh um, anything uh, in relation to a negative when it comes to a player being loaned out to a Scottish club. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea because they're going to be improving in our league, hopefully, fingers crossed. I read something, I think it was a quote from Stephen Robinson when they signed Quan and Lone. It was that Brendan Rodgers specifically wanted them to go to St Mirren. I don't know if it was if he specifically wanted Quan to go to St Mirren or wanted Quan to go out and loan in the Scottish League. I think I'd said on the blog a while ago, they wasn't getting picked in any Celtic squads for domestic games. So was he... Is he good enough for Scottish football? I mean, we don't know because we've never seen him play a minute in the Scottish Premiership. And I think we're finally going to see that. St. Man have got one loan because their probably star man, Keanu Bacchus, is out with Australia at the Asian Cup. So, Quan mm. is going to play. We are going to get to see him, finally, just not in the green and white hoops of Celtic. And I'll be keeping a close eye on him because it's it'll be a good loan move from hopefully. We've seen in the past guys like Ryan Christie, as you mentioned, guys like Christopher I who have gone out on loan. And sometimes it's not even about the surroundings. It's just getting the minutes in your legs because I can't name a single football player who has improved by sitting on the bench and doing nothing. I'm sure you'd probably struggle to do the same. So it's just about getting them out and getting them the minutes because they're not going to improve sitting on the bench doing nothing. No, you're absolutely right. And then a decision can be made on the player. Um, now, I know that, as I say, that there are pros and cons to it. You can send a player elsewhere, like our captain, Callum McGregor, and he benefited massively from his loan move to Notts County. Um, it looked as though Mikey Johnston had uh, breathed new life into his Celtic career by spending a year or a season, rather, in Portugal. It's not quite worked out, and we're not sure what the future holds for him. Let us know in the comments section what you think about um, all the discussion points. Leela Bada, does he have a future at Celtic? Nicholas Kuhn, um, who does he replace? Where is he in the pecking order? Um, and I'll just also. Back in on that, on just yeah. the top of the loanees, even if the loan doesn't work out wherever the player goes, I'd still rather that than them sitting on the Celtic bench doing nothing. Because at least you've seen, right, they've gone out and played and they've not done well. They've not done well there. Chances are that means they're not good enough for Celtic. At least you're getting some sort of assessment on how good the player actually is, more so than if they were sitting here doing nothing. So I'd rather even a failed loan spell than them just rotting in the reserves doing absolutely nothing. No, you're right. I agree. Players have got to play. You know, this is the big thing, James. I mean, um, in terms of a player at 24, 25, um, I mean, the, the classic example that I gave earlier in the season was Nat Phillips, you know, when he came to Celtic. And at the age of 26, um, he had played as much games of or, or as much minutes in the senior game as Callum McGregor had played in the season that Callum was 26. So in one season, Callum had played as much football as Nat Phillips had in his entire career. And I just think when you're 24, 25, you, if you're not playing, then you can stagnate. 
And like Juan, he needs to adapt. He absolutely needs to adapt. He's come from the second division in South Korea. Um, and he's come in, he played a couple of minutes in pre-season in friendly games, but you really need to see them in competitive action. So hopefully we can see that from Quan, and then a, a judgment can be made. Now, there's been a few uh, uh, comments coming in, and I'm really appreciating everybody who is commenting on the show. Um, I don't normally uh, mention anybody passing away on the show unless it's been that 100% um, confirmed by the club, and I don't know if it has been. Um, therefore, we won't be talking about that until I can confirm um, in relation to a couple of the comments that are coming through. Now, John Sweeney, uh, we really need another three in, especially a number two keeper, as I have no confidence in Bain if Hart gets injured in this title running. And just look what happened to Hart. Lucky it wasn't serious. We're talking, of course, against St Mirren where he was um, kicked in the head. And you're right, you know, it's just a moment like that. I remember against Dundee United um, last season where he looked as though he had pulled up and you thought to yourself, oh no, we just don't have, we do not have the quality in reserve in that position. So I absolutely understand where John's coming from. But at the moment, James, I really do think because of the nature of our bloated squad, I don't think that we're going to be bringing in a goalie until Seagrass is away, a left back until Burnaby's away. And Seriously, I, I, I pitched that this morning on the socials and people were saying, but we're Celtic, we can, we can buy players in. Yeah, we can, but it, it's actually affecting you negatively elsewhere because you've got another two. If you bring in those, say you bring in a goalie and a left back, you've then got an even unhappier <laughs> Burnaby and Segrist in, in the wings. That's no good for morale. It's no good for the, the, the mood in the camp. And um, I think... You know, Brendan Rodgers particularly is going to be very, very careful as to the moves that we make in this this window. I'm not expecting a goalie, James. I, re- I really don't expect a goalie to come in. Yeah, there's three of them at the club already. And I've mentioned on the podcast on the number of occasions, I think we do we need a starting goalkeeper. I think we do need one. But I've always mentioned that with the caveat of we're not going to do it in January because it's, at the halfway point of the season... And things are still tight in the league. It's there would be a massive risk. It would probably be more to the team's detriment to bring in a new goalkeeper to start over Joe Hart than it would be to just wait till the summer. I think Joe Hart's contract is up in the summer. He can get a big send off if he doesn't renew and he eventually moves. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a Joe Hart's last season. I mean, I'm not. I'm not too sure how old he is now. I know he is getting on a bit, but thirty-six. 36, if you are going to get a new goalkeeper, I think it would be in the summer. I've seen talks of Kelleher from Liverpool, which have mm-hmm. excited me. I think I was writing on the blog in the summer about how I wanted Celtic to sign him. He's the dream keeper that I wanted back then. Right, right. So, so like, expand on yeah. that, James. T- tell us a wee bit more then, because I've seen his name linked pretty strongly, actually, in the last week. Um, another, another goalkeeper who... Going back to the, the guys that don't play much football, he's not played much senior football, but he is a, a full international cap. His brother um, started off at Celtic, centre-half, I think he played. Uh, never broke through. But he is a name that keeps coming back. Every time somebody talks about a goalie, James, so so for anyone in the in the comment section who's not familiar uh, with Kelleher, tell us a wee bit about him. I mean, he's been at Liverpool for a good while now, but he's always played the role of backup. He'll step in 
will love it. He's in the unfortunate situation where he is the backup to the best goalkeeper on the planet, which it's going to be a tough task to try and break into that team anyway. So if there's question marks around, oh, why isn't he playing? Why has he not played this many games? It's because Alisson is Liverpool's starting goalkeeper and he's the best goalkeeper on the planet. But when when Kelleher does step in, when he's called up on, it's always when Alisson's injured or for a cup game or even a team in a match in Europe where it's against a lesser opposition where they would be expected to blow them away anyway. So Keller, he steps in for these games and I've always thought he's done a good job whenever I've seen him play these games, even when he's called up for English Cup matches against some of the better teams in England, such as a Chelsea or a Manchester City or something like that. He usually always comes in and gives a good account of himself. And in a team where it's going to be so hard to get minutes, I'm surprised he hasn't moved on yet. But even when he was getting linked to moves away, Liverpool were wanting around 15 to 20 million for him because that shows how highly they rate him at the club. They yeah. rate him as a, as, a, as a decent player who would probably be getting more game time if it wasn't Alisson's backup. So I'd like, if you can get him for a cheaper fee, I'd like us to go for him in the summer. We're not going to pay about £10 million, but... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'd say around five, maybe even six million pounds at his age. I think he's about 26, Keller, 25, 26. So if you can bring him in for a goalkeeper, that's basically... 22 if you're a winger, 22, 23 for a play in any other position. So if we can get him in, he could be a top goalkeeper for years. And then there's a sell-on value there as well because he's already been in the Premier League. So they'll be a bit more familiar with him. So you could even try and upcharge the Premier League teams as well for Kelher. So I'd like us to go for him in the summer. It was a, we were touching on left-backs as well. I don't think we'll get a left-back in January. I never really thought we did, but I think Anthony Joseph or Stephen McGowan, it was one of the two, has reported that I think it's a left-back and a striker at the other places on Celtic's radar. Those have been the players that we've been linked with. We've been linked with mm-hmm. Araujo as a left-back, you know, we've been linked with an endless amount of strikers. I mean, it's, it's basically a lottery. They're basically picking names out of a hat at this point with regards to strikers, and I don't think we're going to go for a striker. I mean, we've got lucky that Kyogo's still here. We're, we were linked with strikers anyway because we thought both Kyogo and O were going to be gone. And we're lucky that last season's player of the season is he swept the awards last season. He's still here. So I don't think there's a need for another striker there. Again, you'd be plugging a gap for a month. In the summer, perhaps a different story. But with left-back, I think it's a case of you're waiting for Bernabe to go. Because Celtic... Whenever these reports have come out saying that Celtic want a left-back, it's always been to provide competition. So I think you need Bernabe to go before you can add that competition in because then you've got too many left-backs there and an already bloated squad. So I think you wait for Bernabe to leave. I've not seen any rumours heating up. There was initial reports that there was interest from back in Argentina and from Italy, but there's been nothing coming as a result of that. So I don't know if Bernabe is going to even leave in January. I think he might be a summer sale. 
Well, <clears throat> these are the things, again, James, in terms of squad management that we've spoken about time and time again in Axon. Um, I do think that it's a priority that we, we bring in a left-back. And if there's other players who are becoming kind of blocks in the, in that progress, it's frustrating as anything to, to watch from a Celtic perspective. I'm really keen to know your thoughts. Bring them in in the comments section. Um, where else do we need to strengthen? What are your priorities? Are you like James? You don't think we're going to bring in a left-back or a striker. Um, where else should we absolutely be focusing on to strengthen double denim. Great to see you as always afternoon, Axon. We'll be good to see Kuhn in the door and hopefully a few more to follow with Montgomery heading back out and loan. Does that mean a new left back is imminent? And are the Kelleher links legit? Well, James has given you a wee breakdown on um, Kelleher of Liverpool. He's a Republic of Ireland international um, and he has played 35, sorry, 32 senior games for Liverpool. So you do get concerned when you see the lack of game time, um, but you've given a good indication as to why that is the case. James, 10 caps for Ireland, 25 years of age. He would come with a big, uh, massive transfer fee, but as you said, uh, an opportunity to, to sell him on, if indeed you wanted to do that. Why not just keep him for 10 years? There's one thing I want to um, touch on again, and it's on the Vata scenario, not, not that player specifically. But um, every time I bring it up or uh, mention it on the socials, there is always, I would say, a, a, is it a majority? Yeah, I would say there's a majority of people saying it can't be good enough, right? So that's why he's going. He's no good enough. And I don't think it's as simple as that when it comes to academy players, James, right? So when you look at the number of players that has left, Everybody remembers the names Doak and Dembele, but there's been loads. I mean, we've lost players over the last five, six, seven years and beyond who have not gone on to play for Celtic's first team, uh, largely. And I think that the frustration for me is just to say, ah, oh, well, they're not good enough, doesn't really ring true because Liverpool or Blackburn Rovers um, or Bayern Munich think that they're good enough at that that level and they feel as though they can give them a pathway into first team football and it'll probably be another five years before we can truly review all the names that have left in the last few years and say which ones you know would have been good Celtic players but my big argument that always comes against that oh they're not good enough Brendan sees them in training every single day absolutely and he's a better judge of footballer than I'll ever be but if you look at the academy as a whole James right and this is maybe something you want to do for the the blog, so get checking the stats. How many players of Celtic actually produced in the last 20 years who have played 100 games for the club? Not many. Yeah, in the last 20 years, it's not many. McGregor, Forrest, then who else? I know. Would they go from there? It's not many. It is Even the off the top of my head answer. If Brendan Rodgers is talking to the academy players, if he's talking to the academy players... And he needs to give an example of the pathway that is available to the academy players in the last 10 years. Who are the examples of players going to be that he's pointing at? Because I'd say McGregor and Forrest, those two breaking into the team, is that's a bit too far back now. You're going back about over a decade for James Forrest, and you're going back about nine, ten years for Cal McGregor. So the examples of Brendan Rodgers... Tierney and Ralston. Tierney and Ralston are playing. Tierney, Ralston and Stephen Welsh are probably the only examples you can point at one of them only got his chance because of an injury mm -hmm. and then the other two only really got their chance because the club was in the worst state it was in in about two decades so 
Brendan Rodgers, he'd be really scraping the barrel with examples to give these young players of there's a pathway. You can you can make it at Celtic. The pathway is out the exit door to another club in Europe who will take the chances on them. You've seen Ben Doak. He's gone over at Liverpool. He's done all right. Unfortunately, picked up a really bad injury, which one of the best aspects of Ben Doak's game was his pace. He was absolutely rapid. So I hope, I think it might be an ACL injury he had. So at that young age, when the best aspect of your game is your pace, I hope it doesn't hamper him too much. I hope we can see him crack on. But it's been a problem for about two, three years now. At an alarming rate, we're seeing players leaving the club for pastures new from the youth academy. And there's nothing better than watching someone coming from through the academy and making it at Celtic. We know how much of a fan favourite Kieran Tierney was. Callum McGregor's a fan favourite, the current club captain. So it's something you want to see. There's, there has to be opportunities where they can be given out. I know in a title race, every game is must win and this sort, but we are playing on Sunday, I think, against Bucky Thistle. You can give somebody a chance then. Surely there has to be opportunities where if Man City can chop and change their team and... I think they played three or four academy players in a Champions League group stage game this season. If they can afford to do that, how can Celtic not afford to give some players in the academy a chance um, in, in the in the Premiership? I just I just don't really get it. We spoke about it on Friday, Alan Morrison and Jim uh, Jim Orr, and Jim was saying, "Well, we've got to win every game. You're not going to throw in a youngster." Totally get it, but I think the reason we're at that stage is because we've we've not had a cycle. You need a cycle. It's a bit like the transfers, right? We're now in a situation where we have a, an issue with transfers due to the fact, not just because of the summer, but you know, going right back to the last over the last three transfer windows. So the players that we bought three transfer windows ago, James, they, they should have been absolutely implemented into the Celtic side. They should have been coming up to their best. The ones that came before that, like Matt O'Reilly, etc. They've already got to that point where they're now excelling. There's interest from elsewhere. They're international footballers. And then the cycle stops. And it's almost as if you need to start the cycle again so that every six months you've got a player um, who's coming in, but th- there's always somebody ahead of them, and that's fine. At the moment, the cycle has absolutely fallen by the wayside. And I think it's the same with the, the academy players. We should have had um, you know, a conveyor belt of players coming through, and we've not had it. We've absolutely not had it. And the reason I bring it up, I'm, I'm not saying, as I'm sitting here right now, take three players for that B team and put them in the first team because clearly they're not good enough. <laughs> but there's a whole host of reasons why they're not good enough. And one of them is uh, something Celtic can do nothing about, and that is that the, the, the gap's too big between the Lowland League and the first team. That's one of the biggest issues that, that Celtic face at the moment. So what can we do? And I think that, you know, not only bringing in fringe players and putting them out on loan to Scottish clubs, I think we need to do more of that with, with the young players and have more of the, the nursery-type clubs dotted around Europe where we can actually put them out there for first-team experience, bring them back in the door, graduate X amount of players every single year into the first team. Because otherwise, the academy's not working. And that that's my big concern because obviously... There's a financial investment, but there's also the historical links that Celtic have to rearing our own youth players, James. All the greatest sides, you look at them, there's a core of Celtic players who have come through the ranks. And it's something that we need to do because when you're a club like Celtic in the food chain that we're in and where we are with regards to income streams, you've got to look at every margin. And one of the margins that we're not looking at and absolutely maximising is one or two young guys coming through every couple of years 
from our own academy, you know, who are already indoctrinated into the successful way of a, a team like Celtic and the mentality and the culture of the club. We're not doing that well enough. And that, that's something that we need to improve on. Even and if you they, look at, I'm just going to make the point, if you look at the Scottish national team is in the best position it's been in in about, what, 20, 25 years? Mm. How many players from Cel- that have come through Celtic's academy, probably the biggest academy in Scotland, how many players in that team have actually come through the Celtic academy? It's, you've got Aaron Hickey who left us as a boy. You've got Cal McGregor and that's it. The, the, the Scottish team is the best it's been in years and we're barely contributing to it. The, where, where's this good crop of players coming through our academy? It's, it's a real head scratcher. It is, but there's a knock-on effect, isn't there? So if you go five years without uh, bringing a player through the academy and putting him in your first team and him becoming a regular player, if you go five years without doing that, you then have a knock-on effect because for five years, the parents of all the best talent in Scotland will be saying, don't go to Celtic, you don't get a game. So there's a whole knock-on effect. The cycle has fallen by the wayside. It needs to get back on track. Um, Sorry for the vehicular... Uh, comments there with the uh, analogies, but that that is where we are with, with Celtic's youth uh, system. It's no working, and it needs a complete overhaul. Whether or not we see it, I don't know. We seem to just like to try and buy ourselves out of trouble. You've mentioned Bucky Thistle a few times, and I'm really keen for everybody's thoughts on this. Um, it's a game that when I saw it, I thought to myself, sixty thousand seater stadium, Bucky Thistle getting five thousand. It's one of the games, James, that. You've got to you've got to be creative as a football club to get a decent crowd in there, right? Because there's plenty because it goes on public sale. Season ticket holders have had their opportunity to buy their tickets. It's now gone on general sale. I've seen the, the tweet this morning from Celtic. Um, but it's one of the ones where you're thinking the crowd might be between twenty five and thirty thousand. Uh, and for for many many different reasons, you want it to be mobbed. You want it to be so, sold you out. Think it'd be a bigger crowd just based on its. The first Celtic home game since what the thirtieth, the thirtieth of December. Thirtieth December. That yeah. would be the incentive for people to go along. Is it a big enough incentive? Let me know in your in your uh, comments what you think about it. Because I think if you go uh, to that game and there's twenty five thirty thousand, then Celtic should have done more to promote it. Is my point. This this is my point. I remember talking to all I've seen is a couple of emails that we've got. Uh, promoting the obviously season tickets to buy the tickets and then a few tweets um, and there's things we can do as a football club James there's opportunities it does I remember uh, listening to the Anfield rap and what happened is Liverpool had employed this was years ago they'd employed someone uh, who worked within ticketing and it was all about his, his mantra was that there should never be an empty seat in Anfield no matter what you make sure there's somebody on that seat um, and obviously for the big games, they sell themselves. You get that, right? But for these games, they're, they're going to be a harder sale for for all the reasons you would expect. Um, you know, the, the fact that it's over and above the season ticket means that 54,000 people would then have to buy an additional ticket to go to the game where normally it's on the season book. It's also the time of the year, you know, uh, in an already struggling um, climate. We've just had Christmas and New Year. You've got all these things to consider. And I remember... Uh, talking to a football club in Scotland who um, they, shot a, they shot a stand in their stadium rather than try to get people in it. They just shut the stand. I need the comes, we'll shut it. And that means we don't have to get people to work there in the pie stalls and at the turnstiles or whatever. They just shut it. So there was no creative thinking. And I just think that 
on occasions like this, we have an opportunity as a football club, um, and I think most clubs should do it, community clubs should do it as well, where you think, right, let's get bums on seats and let's make sure that people within the community who can't afford to come to a Celtic game, who would like to come to a Celtic game, be that underprivileged kids, um, minorities within the community, uh, those who are unemployed at this moment in time, get them in the stadium. It would it would involve, James, people to obviously organise it. You would need people to organise that. But we've got enough staff at Celtic to be able to do that and to be able to engage and liaise with all these different groups all around Glasgow and the surrounding areas. Um, get them in. Get them in. And get them in, even if it means you're giving them tickets so that they can be in the ground. Get them in the stadium. I would much rather that than the half-empty Celtic part, James. We need to be creative with these things. Yeah, the Cano Foundation have done some great work this season. They've seen the Cano kids up in the front row and absolutely enjoying themselves on Champions League nights. There should be more incentives to get people to come along to these games. The, the incentive, as I mentioned earlier, would be that it's the first Celtic game since the derby at Celtic Park. So you want to come and rally the team on. But then again, Celtic, do you, do you really want to see Celtic playing against a Highland League team? Um, I'm not too sure if that will inspire a lot of people to come along. You, you see, the, the bigger attendances are when the bigger teams come to town. That's just how things are. But I hope we can get a decent turnout for the game. Maybe, I don't know about the 30,000 you're suggesting. I think it'll be a bit more more than it would be for like a friendly, about 40,000 perhaps. Great. I'll tell you, if, if there's 40,000 in the stadium, I, I would be delighted with that. I think that would be um, a win-win for Celtic. Now, when we're talking about uh, other priorities, let's get the thoughts of the viewers in. Kevin Mullen, welcome back to the show. It's great to see you. You're watching on YouTube. Anyone who is watching and hasn't subscribed yet, get subscribing and it allows you to uh, comment on the live shows. And uh, you also get, obviously, all the other content that we put on the channel, such as the Johan Mialbe live event, which uh, was recorded in its entirety, and it was uploaded last night. Me on a stage with the big man, Johan, speaking for an hour. Um, get on it. It's gone down pretty well. We had a lot of people asking when we started um, advertising the live events, a lot of people asking about um, tuning in. If you don't live in, in, in the area, for example, you can't get a ticket. A lot of people watch Axon from all over the globe. We've got viewers all over the place. I love hearing where you're watching it from. Um, and people were saying, why don't you just fire it on the channel? Well, there's a few things that stop us from doing it. The first one is you need permission from the player, of course, um, to do that. And also the player on a live setting will give you a different interview than one that is being filmed. And you want the live audience to enjoy the freedom that the, the live event gives them. So, yeah, we were able to, to put this one out. Go and enjoy it. It's one hour with Johan Mialbe. Some brilliant insights into his time as a player and also as part of Neil Lennon's coaching team as well. Uh, Kevin Mullen, afternoon axon. Good start of the window, getting new winger. Now a left-back and a striker. I agree with you, Kevin. Uh, we will be fine for the League and Cup double. Right, I'm going to bring in some more of your views before we go on to the next subject, which is just how big uh, winning the League is this season to Celtic and the complacency that I spoke about on Friday, not allowing that to creep in. Joe Hamilton, hail, hail, from a very cold but sunny Austria. Here we go. Um, you'll have seen our new signing. You're telling us that Kuhn is fast, strong, and he will be a great addition to our team. It's great to know 
someone who's actually watched them firsthand um, and can give us a bit of an insight as well, James. We've got Treble Treble coming in on the YouTube. Afternoon all. Kewan looks like a, a talent. Is in the mould of an old favourite Paddy Roberts. Are we allowed to mention Paddy Roberts, James, during a transfer window? Is that not banned? Uh, I'd, I'd say you can name him. I think he's not far out of the Celtic, the Celtic picture now. You can probably name him. How many clubs has he had since he left Celtic? Well, imagine imagine we'd got him on a permanent deal. Yeah. How different could things have been? I know. It's, I know. It's, I'd love to do that. Something I'm probably need to do in the blog. It's come up with that idea. The Celtic what ifs. A bit like what Marvel did on Disney Plus. It was what if this never happened? What if this engine never happened? This sort of thing. Well, I can't believe him. We're going to get absolute pelters for speaking about Patrick Roberts during a transfer window. This isn't because we think we should go out and sign him, right? But I'm just, I'm, I'm interested to see how his career's gone. 26 years of age now, Patrick Roberts. I, I loved him. I thought he was phenomenal. Uh, could play on both wings. Uh, obviously, he's, he's known to Brendan Rodgers. I am not pitching him to come to Celtic. Uh, but let's have a wee look. Since he returned to Celtic or off that second loan deal in 2018, he has gone to Girona, who I think are part of the City Group, are they not, James? So he went to Maybe Girona. The second in the Spanish league, don't I? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he went there on loan from Man City. Uh, Man City still his parent club. He then went to Norwich. He then went to Middlesbrough. He went back to Middlesbrough, and eventually, um, no, he went to Derby, and then he went to is it Troyes in in France? I think Maybe. so. And then eventually he leads Man City in 2022. So they were all loan deals. And he is now at Sunderland. Who's their gaffer? Can't think. <laughs> um, so Patrick Robert, no, we don't want him to sign. But yeah, uh, interesting that you can see uh, similarities there, Treble Treble. Can only see a couple of loans coming in now until the end of January. Right, you brought it up. James, see at this moment in time, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask uh, those watching, the 1,000 watching, Give us more what-if scenarios, because my big what-if scenario is if Benkovic and Zemunovic could have stayed fit. <laughs> you know, what if that was your partnership at the back? That would be the biggest, awesome. The biggest one for me would be if Brendan Rodgers doesn't leave for Leicester in 2019, do Celtic win 10 or all? That's, oh. that's the biggest what-if that there is. In you're, blaming, you're blaming Brendan for that now? That's some twist. I think <laughs> I've always held the view that he had it on a silver platter for us. And we messed up somehow. There's a multitude of different reasons that we'd be here for a three-hour show if we were to go over them all. But that's that's probably my biggest what if. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of big what ifs, and I love that. I love it. I really do. Let us know uh, your big what if moments in Celtic's history in the comment section. We've got uh, David Boyle coming in. Great to see you, David. I thought Montgomery coming back was the chance. So did I when I first seen it. I thought to myself, right. You're, you're cutting that short because we're going to be running with uh, Montgomery. Of course, we've got Mitchell Frame, who played against Feyenoord as well. Um, he's been uh, seen since. in the discussion, not been seen since. But he like, came on as well, I thought. I've, you did? Because Greg, around that sort of time, Greg Taylor wasn't in great form either. So there was a, there was a couple of calls from the start, the following game from supporters, and he wasn't in the squad, and he hasn't been seen since. He wasn't in the squad. It was a bit like Lagerbelk, who did, of course, come back in for the St Mirren game, got some minutes on the park. But um, news of his uh, departure has gone a bit quiet, actually, Lagerbelk. David Boyle, um, however, he says, as it develops, we need a left-back and striker ASAP. I agree. And a keeper would be nice. I think the fact that we've got three, we won't run with four, 
might hold us back, David, until the summer. Um, and James doesn't like the idea of bringing in a goalie during the season anyway, do you, James? Nah, it's, I think it, goalkeeper's such an important position that you need the player to be settled. So I think messing up the groove, especially the sort of links he has with the Celtic backline, it's, it's too big a risk to take. So I think you're better to stick it out with Joe Hart until the summer. I mean, the big call surrounding Joe Hart, the question is, one, is he good enough for Scottish football? The question is, what, is he good enough for European football? And we yeah. don't have any of that until hopefully next September, the September coming up. But I think you, you stick it through Joe Hart till the summer and then you'll have more goalkeepers available at that point. You'll have more options in the summer as well. You're more likely to get a high-quality player because they're not going to leave a club in January. So I think you wait till the summer. Yeah, I mean, talking about that, uh, the difficulties of the January transfer window, we need to uh, recognise that there are difficulties. It was mentioned earlier on there about loan signings. Um, and I think that under the correct circumstances, the loan signing is absolutely fine. So if you think about the striker scenario, uh, I know that you're not 100% sold on bringing a striker in, James. A lot of the commenters are mentioning a striker. I think we should bring one in. And you look at the guys that we have been linked with, and I use the word linked very loosely because there could be no link. I mean, Van Hooydonk is constantly linked to Celtic. So we asked his old man if you know if it was a goer, and he said, no, Celtic haven't been in touch about Sydney Van Hooydonk. That was then, this is now, and I realise that was seven or eight weeks ago. But it just shows you that anything anybody can be linked to a club, and that's that's through um, some somebody in the media wanting clicks on their site. It could be an agent that's just trying to tout their players out, links them to two or three clubs. So we get it all. But the names that we've seen so far: Lauren Shankland, uh, Miofsky, Van Hooydonk, and uh, Fitzgarden. There, there's four strikers that have been linked to Celtic. So if you look at Fitzgarden, I know you've written quite a bit about him on the blog, James, right? The, the figure was, I think, Bromby wanted four million in the summer. Celtic were willing to pay three and a half, something around those those figures. Those figures haven't quite doubled, but they're right up at like seven and a half million now, right? So if you say to a club like Bromby, we're going to take them on uh, with a with an option to buy, they'll they'll ask for a, a sizable loan fee, and then the option to buy means that your permanent fee comes down. So the negotiation could be quite intricate. Uh, if you like, on a deal like that, um, I would be far more... Uh, listen, £7.5 million is still a lot of money for Celtic. I get it, right? But with a player in his age category, I just sometimes think we're overcautious. So although I'm not against loan transfers, they've worked really, really well for us. The Bernardo one might work work for us. Jota worked for us. CCV, Awata, uh, Maeda. The, these deals have all worked for us. I just think that we're in that situation sometimes we were a bit overcautious. If you've got somebody in their early 20s and they're valued at 7 million quid, bring them in. Why, are we scared again in case we get our fingers burned? Is there now a point where we just won't push the boat out Eduard style like we did first time around under Rodgers? Well, the thing with Chris Gardner is just from looking at his stats, now he's performed the last two seasons... I don't think that's a, that. Those aren't the striking numbers of a seven million pound player. Perhaps you're paying seven million for the potential that down the line, because he's only twenty one, he could improve very much. But if I look at the players that we've been linked with in this January window, 
I think I'd rather go for some of the players that we've been linked with that play in Scotland because at least there's a known quantity about these players. You know if you sign Lon Shankland, he's going to score for fun in Scotland. You know if you sign Boyan Majowski, he's going to score for fun in Scotland because they've both done that Shankland for years now in Majowski since he arrived last summer. So you're thinking, I'd rather go for some of those players where at least you know you're guaranteed goals. There's no risk because Kavis Garden could come over and completely struggle with the Scottish game. You never know. So I think there's levels for someone like Majowski to go up as well. I think as much as Aberdeen did go out in the conference league groups at the end of the day, I thought Majowski was one of their better players. He was actually popping up and scoring goals and they didn't look out of place when he's played for Macedonia. I think he hasn't really looked out of place either. I remember watching him against England a couple of months ago. He wins a penalty. I thought it was pretty decent on that day. But I'm not too sure how much Aberdeen would be charging for someone like Majowski. I think Hearts want about seven million for Shankland and they're trying to work on a new contract for Lon Shankland. So if they can get that sorted, then the fee's only going to go up for Lon Shankland. I think Majowski, they would be demanding around the same as well. So if they are going to go for a striker, the one thing that we know is that it's going to cost a lot of money. And I think, do you pay £7 million for a backup player? Are they going to be content with being a backup player to Kyogo? And on the flip side, is Kyogo going to be content with being a backup for whoever we bring in? I don't think so. You've got to keep balance to a squad. You can't just load a squad with quality in every single position, even the backups, because someone's going to be unhappy. You can't keep the entire squad happy. And in a title race, you need team morale to be at a high. So if you are going to go for a striker, I'd like it to be a Majowski or a Shankland. But as I mentioned, I don't think it's a number one priority for me. No, you have you have mentioned that. Uh, I would like to see us bringing in uh, a forward that's on my shopping list. Whether or not we get that, I don't know. It was uh, as recent as two days ago, there was a, a report on Fitzgarden and Celtic and Celtic had open talks apparently uh, with Bromby about the 21-year-old. As you say there, you're buying a lot of that on potential. James, you absolutely are. What we did with Edward before is we tried before we, we bought him. Um, whether or not their club's up for it, I don't know. The loan fee could could sway that. Um, but there's a player there and Fitzgarden, uh, Danish. When was the last time we signed a Danish striker, James? Morton Rasmussen. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Rasmussen, oh my word! I'll tell you something, right? Um, there was a great feature in the Not the View back in the day. They embarrassed the hoops, right? And, and I'm just saying that I'm a fan. I'm allowed to say it, right? It's unfair. He's a better footballer than me. I know all of these things, <laughs> but I seen Morton Rasmussen, and um, <laughs> there was one particular occasion where we played a, a game against Partick Thistle, right? And it was a friendly. And there was a couple of things happening that day. So Emilio Izaguirre was coming back from a leg break. And this was the first game he was playing back. It was at Fur Hill. Place was mobbed. Green Brigade were there. Ran out of pies. That type of day. Sunny. Um, we just signed Wanyama. And Wanyama was uh, in the dugout with a tracksuit on. He was the new sign. There was a lot happening that day. It was one of the ones, James, where you could just walk up and pay at the turnstiles, I think. The place was mobbed. It was great. And Mark Rasmussen played centre-forward for Celtic. And I'm not being funny. He was worse than Tony Cascarino. That's how bad he was. And I watched most of Cascarino's games. He was murder. Absolutely honking. He scored the last one you know? The only reason, because I was a bit too young to be remembering and watching every single Celtic game at that time. But a last-minute goal always stands out. Who did he score the last Is minute Is it Hamilton? Goal? 
I'm going to say, I'm going to throw in Hamilton away. I, was, I had Kilmarnock in my head, but it might yeah. have been Hamilton. I, I try to airbrush Rasmussen out my head. That's maybe why I can't remember. But Chris Garden can't be any worse than Morton, but I don't know if it's worth paying £7 million for. We'll need to wait and see. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. It's been a really enjoyable show, welcoming young James back to the fold. Um, please subscribe to the channel. We've got some big content coming up. It's all going to be free. It'll be thrown onto the YouTube channel. In actual fact, I interviewed Johan Malby backstage as well. So there's a part two to this, whereby we've got a wee sit down. If everybody watching, press the notification bell next to yeah. the subscribe button as well, because we're going to have so much new content coming out on the channel as well that the schedule might be switched up a bit. So if you want to be the first to see these videos when they come out, press the notification bell. You'll get a notification on your phone whenever we go live, whenever we post anything, you'll have all that there. Brilliant. Absolutely. You're right, James. There's loads happening um, step by step, as I was explaining to James before we went live, but it's all going to be in place very, very soon. Second part of the Mialbe is me and him just sitting backstage. He's got a wee pint of lager and we're having a chat about Barcelona and how we set up for that game. And we spoke about um, his memories of that. It was phenomenal. It really was. So look forward to sharing that with you on the YouTube uh, we're going out and about. We're going to be on the road, Axel. Most of our gigs have been in the Glasgow area, but we really are getting out and about. Um, and we're going to be visiting places like Inverness um, and Oban and, and, you know, further afield. Loads and loads, Satman. So please um, stick with us, subscribe to the channel, give us a thumbs up. And thank you, every single one of you, for supporting what we do. All that's left for me to say today on this Monday afternoon is thank you to James McKenzie for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.